Known for its beauty and incredible biodiversity, rich indigenous culture, mouth-watering arepas, and smooth, silky Arabica bean coffee, Bogota, Colombia may be on your mind after seeing Disney's 2021 film Encanto. Or maybe you've heard of the bicycle movement Colombians call Ciclavia. Welcome to Traveling with AAA. I'm your host, Mary Herendine. Today, we travel to the gorgeous country of Colombia. We're joined by AAA and ACE Publications travel editor, Jim Benning. Jim is, is an award-winning travel journalist whose work has taken him around the world to places like Peru to explore ancient ruins, Senegal to check out the music scene, or surfing with his 12-year-old in Costa Rica. We're also joined by Elizabeth Harriman Lasley, who co-hosted with her late husband, Paul Lasley, the radio show On Travel, which aired to a million listeners in 167 countries on the American Forces Network. She is also the former travel editor of Westways Magazine, where she still continues to contribute today. Jim and Elizabeth, welcome back to the show. It's so nice to be here again. I'm excited to see you again. Thank you. Happy to be here. As am I. Now, I know you both just returned from, from Columbia. What was the occasion? Well, we are both members of the Society of American Travel Writers, SATW for short, and every year SATW has an annual convention somewhere in the world, and this year our convention was in Bogota, the capital of Colombia, and uh, it was just an amazing experience. It's a, it's a, we had a 260 people, and uh, we had a lot of professional development, like any convention, you know, it's a lot of networking, a lot of professional development, and a lot of sightseeing about this throughout the city of Bogota. Wow, that sounds incredible. What a nice surprise, too. Did you know you were going to Bogota in advance? Oh, yes. You have to plan these things uh, years in advance. And I'm actually just finished being the uh, president of SATW. So wow. it was a big responsibility. And uh, at the end of the convention, then I, I was able to pass the gavel, as it were, to the current president, uh, Kim Foley McKinnon. So... Um, so it was a big responsibility, but it was very rewarding. Did you enjoy the convention, Jim? I, I did. I had a fantastic time. Um, it was great to see so many people who, you know, I hadn't seen in at least several years. Um, you know, chance to meet a lot of writers who will be contributing to our magazines. Yeah, really good time. It was the first international convention since COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah, last year the, uh, the society met in Milwaukee. But this was the first time since the pandemic that we ventured outside the United States. Wow. Well, quite the adventure. What was it like, uh, Jim, if you could tell us about your first impressions of Bogota? Well, uh, Bogota is up at, I think, about 9,000 feet. It's one of the taller world capitals. And so... Um, I, you know, I was struck by, uh, first of all, how cool it was when I arrived. Um, I think the highs were in the low 60s oh, wow. at a time when, you know, the West was going through an intense heat wave. So I felt a little guilty enjoying the cool weather <laughs> down there. Um, it's also ringed by mountains. Um, so it kind of reminded me a bit of uh, Los Angeles in that respect. Um, it's on sort of a high plain. Um, it's a big city. I think there were 9, 10 million people there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly um, populated, um, but it's got some gorgeous neighborhoods. Um, and everybody I met, um, 
was incredibly friendly, welcoming, happy to happy to see me there. So yeah, I had a very good first impression. That was my first impression too. Was the warmth and friendliness of the people. I mean, they they couldn't have done enough for us. And I came a couple of days early before the actual convention started because of the board of directors meets uh, a couple of days early, and we were in the historic neighborhood of Candelaria. And uh, it was just beautiful. It was established in 1538. Before that, it had been uh, where the uh, indigenous people, the Muiscas, had that. It was like a sacred site. But oh, wow. it's, a, it's a beautiful neighborhood of uh, Spanish colonial-era buildings, you know, built like in the 1700s, uh, plus up through modern times, even Art Deco buildings. But you're on these kind of narrow streets that go up and down. And uh, it's just a, a beautiful neighborhood. That sounds incredible. Now... For some people, there may be an association of violence or drug wars with Colombia. Is that a misconception? Uh, could you tell us about the current situation? Well, Colombia has come through probably about five decades or more of violence, what they call la violencia. It started in about the middle of the 19, uh, 1900s, and it started out as being political parties against each other. And then came the drug wars, and then came Pablo Escobar. And the damage that that one man did to the country is just, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people uh, uh, killed. Uh, he just didn't like somebody. He would put out a contract on them. At one point, his net worth was $55 billion, with a B. And it was, uh, now, mind, mind you, the majority of Colombians are totally innocent in all of this. They don't, they don't participate in the violence. They don't participate in the drug wars. So they were the victims of this violence. Well, finally, they killed, <laughs> finally they killed um, Escobar. He died in, in 1993. Mm -hmm. and, then in 20, and then the political factions were still fighting. In 2016, there was the 2016 Peace Accord. And mm -hmm. that, uh, the factions on the right, factions on the left, uh, agreed to a, a peace accord and it has worked it has um it has stayed and actually i i've been reading a book called uh, magdalena river of dreams the magdalena is the main river that goes through colombia it starts it starts uh, kind of up in the andes in the south of the country and flows um to the ocean but um the author wade da wade davis has uh, a lovely thing to say i think about all of this he says Colombia is most assuredly not a place of violence and drugs. It is the land of colores y cariño, colors and affection, where oh, the people have, isn't beautiful. that beautiful? Yeah. That is. <laughs> where the people have endured and overcome years of conflict precisely because of their character. It speaks volumes of the strength and resilience of the Colombian people that through all these difficult and impossible years, the nation has maintained its civil society and democracy, grown its economy, greened its cities, created millions of acres of national parks, and sought meaningful restitution with scores of indigenous cultures, a progressive record unmatched by any other nation state. So it really, I, I don't know how you feel, Jim, it was inspiring for me to be there knowing what the country had come through. And the, the so I think the courage and resilience of the Colombian people really uh, they, they inspired me. Did did you feel that way? I did. Yeah. I you know I um, at one point I met a former FARC guerrilla. The peace agreement was signed with with the FARC, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, who had been, you know, involved in quite a bit of violence over the years. And um, he um, was living in Bogota and was um, had launched a kind of a new business, um, making beer, selling beer, um, kind of a microbrew. Uh, and and sort of around what was like a sort of a nonprofit gathering place where a number of ex guerrillas um, now hang out and you know they're committed to peace mm-hmm. um, and you know it's there were pictures of him on the wall um, you know living out in the jungle um, and he was so optimistic I think about the future of the country and um, I, you know I, it couldn't help but rub off on me um, it's 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 pretty inspiring. Yes, and and there's a, a chocolate company. One of the things that Colombia you might not know is has everyone knows has great coffee, but also has great chocolate. And some of the chocolate companies are again hire former guerrilla fighters. And there's one uh, rafting company in a part of Colombia where uh, the former guerrillas are are your rafting guides. So it, it really is a way of you know swords into plowshares. Yeah, I, it's. Go ahead. I was just going to say one word of <laughs> caution, I guess. Yeah. Um, th- when you know, when when I was there, uh, you know, I read a news story about eight police officers that had been killed, um, you know, in a kind of an ambush uh, that they suspected was done by members of another. Um, it may have been former uh, FARC guerrilla members or um, ELN members. There's a, there there have been a number of warring factions in Colombia. Um, you know, they still warn you not to hail a cab on the street. Okay. Um, uh, you know, other other Colombians told me, like, look, just be careful. Don't run around waving your cell phone in the air. Don't, you know, don't um, show off any any um, fantastic cameras um, mm-hmm. and attract too much attention to yourself. So, you know, it's it it's it's a place where you still want to be cautious. I think. Yeah, I think with, you know, any country that you visit or maybe there's some U.S. cities as well where you just need to take some additional safety precautions. So it sounds like, you know, just um, don't make too much attention of yourself. Don't call too much. Um, But what else? Any other safety precautions? Well, one of the things you should always do really when traveling to an international destination is sign up with the State Department's Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, STEP. And that way they have you on record if, if uh, any uh, violence or even an earthquake, say, happens. They have you on record. And also check the State Department advisories. Uh, there are certain parts of Colombia that you just don't want to, well, the State Department says don't travel there, and you shouldn't. And there are certain, I, I suppose, neighborhoods of Bogota where you shouldn't go, like, like any big city. Take your street smarts with you. As Jim said, never hail a taxi in Bogota. It almost got to be a, a, a joke um, because that was one of the things that our Colombian, the people we worked with in putting the convention together said, you know, there are, you can use Uber, uh, mm-hmm. but not from the airport. From the airport, you sign up from, you know, there's a, like a line of taxis. Those okay. are okay. And then there are apps you can use to bring a taxi or you can have your hotel call a taxi. And so it was interesting because my, my nephew-in-law is Colombian, so okay. when I met him, I, I said, oh, I'm going to find out all about Colombia. And the first thing out of his mouth, never hail a taxi in Bogota. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really interesting. So, I, yeah. I think that's important that you share that and also to yeah. dispel some of the misconceptions about yeah. the country and to share how they really, you know, reestablished um, the people and uh, 
just brought it back to it sounds like back to life and and what it really is is a beautiful country now i know disney's oscar-winning 2021 animated film encanto was set in colombia did you see the movie yes and after visiting do you think the movie captured something about the country or its culture i certainly do um Mm -hmm. one of the places i visited in colombia was the um cocorda valley which is, was one of the inspirations for, I think, the setting of the film. It's in coffee country, the Eje Cafetero, they call it. Um, and it's this incredible valley up at like at a seven, eight, nine, 10,000 feet wow. um, with these spindly wax palms that, that mm-hmm. are, I think, the tallest in the world. They live at an incredibly high altitude. Um, and uh, so you see these sort of rolling, this rolling grassland, um, these very high palms piercing the sky, um, surrounded by these, you know, really tall Andean peaks. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. There, are, you know, you see horses, cows, wonderful bucolic pastoral land. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, it really reminded me of the setting for the film. Of course, in the film, you also have the, the, the family at the center of the film mm-hmm. where there's so much warmth, I think, um, which I certainly saw reflected in the people I met in Colombia. You know, I think that, that um, um, and, and from what I've seen, the, the film did, has inspired a number of people to visit Colombia and to visit that region. So. And the, the colorfulness of the, the, the colors in the film were so vibrant. And right. it's like you walk down the street, again, in this uh, Candelaria district, and the, the crafts, the local crafts, are just so colorful. And they have um, like a, a kind of a poncho, I think they call it a, a ruana in Colombia. And they're just all vibrant colors. And then the flowers, there were so many flowers in that in that movie, the one the one character who could like make flowers. Colombia is the second largest producer of flowers in the world. I didn't know that. I know, isn't that amazing? That's but yes, beautiful. just the, the, yeah, and again the warmth of the people. I think I think yeah, I think the movie did capture it. That sounds amazing. Now, I know there's uh Colombia is also known for something else. You participated, Jim, in something called Ciclovia. What is that? Uh, could you tell us about it? Yeah, Ciclovia is is sort of a worldwide movement at this point, but it's something that began in Colombia in the early '70s, and it's a um, it's a public recreation event in mm-hmm. which um, in Bogota, for example, they now close off about 80 miles of city streets every Sunday to traffic, so that people can mostly ride bikes, but also run, walk. Um, it's wow. kind of like a giant street festival in a way. Um, and I read w- someplace that it's arguably the largest regularly scheduled recreation event on the planet. That's so crazy. They go all out for this every Sunday. They, it takes a, a, you know, a, just an army of um, workers to close off the streets. They set up booths where they sell food, where they fix tires. Um, and... Uh, you know, I saw the national police dancing um, wow. on the sidewalk, uh, entertaining, uh, you know, riders by. Mm-hmm. Um, there are various like Zumba classes going on out in the street. It's it's really wonderful. And, um, uh, you know, we have it here in Los Angeles on a much smaller scale. 
so, but I was really curious just to just to see where it began, mm-hmm. um, and to talk to some people about you know how this works in Bogota and Bogota. Colombia as a whole has has been in love with the bicycle since the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ciclovías, I think, in a number of cities: Medellin, Cartagena, I believe. Um, and there are bike routes everywhere in Bogota. It's amazing. I mean, so many people get around solely by by bike. Um, and you see the you see in bike lanes, you know, set off from right. from traffic. You see bike lanes and sidewalks. They've built them every which way. Um, but for a city of 10 million people, I think it's really helped a lot of people get around. Um, and the, the other great thing I, I found about Ciclovia, I spent probably four hours riding um, part of the route around um, downtown Bogota. Um, I was with a, a Bogota um, city guy who was kind of an expert on it. And one of the um, one of the guardias, they call him, who's kind of like a first aid guy mm-hmm. who rides around and helps people who might be in yeah. trouble. Um, and um, yeah, I was just um, I was just over kind of overwhelmed by the kind of the civic spirit of it. People were everybody was in a good mood. Um, and uh, it, this goes on from, I think, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. every Sunday. So it's, it's a lot for a lot of families. It's just a regular thing they do every Sunday. That's amazing. And and also something to stay healthy and fit and in tune with the rest of the people. And you said, you know, really the the civic involvement that everybody is kind of involved with this. In my mind, I'm imagining, oh, they're shutting the streets down, all these cyclists taking over the road. Um, and that might be the attitude uh, sometimes. But it sounds like here that they've really um, created almost the bikes have taken over and i think that's really really cool a great way to get around and 80 miles he said of street 80 miles yeah i mean the bikes definitely take over on sunday (laughs) it's it's and it takes uh it takes longer to get around bogota you know i have to say overall you know they've really struggled with traffic congestion Mm -hmm. as so many big cities in the world have um there are rules for example where if you have like an even numbered license plate you can only drive on one day and odd you drive on the other day oh and um so they're you know they're trying a number of things to, to manage traffic, but certainly um, promoting bicycles um, and bicycle riding is one big way that they're they're working to address it. Yeah, and a great way um, to, you know, limit the fuel emissions, all of those things, and, and to just keep it a beautiful, gorgeous country, as you've so described. Now, um, Elizabeth, did you get a chance to see any of that while you were there, to I, see the bikes? I did not. I did not. Uh, I know you've maybe traveled off the be- uh, beaten path, uh, did you go anywhere else? Well, uh, my favorite, <laughs> some of the, a couple of highlights for me, I went to the Gold Museum. They mm-hmm. have, it's the largest museum of Hispanic gold work at, in the world. It's uh, it's in the Candelaria district. Most of the actual, the, the museums that you want to see are in this historic area. And it's three stories of, well, I'd always wanted to visit Colombia because years ago I had seen an exhibit of gold and emeralds at the mm-hmm. LA County Art Museum. The gold work that the that the pre-Columbia, the indigenous people of Colombia from about 500 BC to about 900 AD, the intricacy of the of the workmanship of the gold is just incredible. This this and oh I, well, I don't know if you can see. I, I, I got a couple of earrings. Those are beautiful. <laughs> at the at the gold museum, they have replicas of some of mm-hmm. the, the jewelry that's in the in the exhibit, because they would wear the indigenous people, the chieftains, and and the occasional um, female chieftain. They, I uh-huh. yes, they occasionally had uh, female chieftains in some of these indigenous cultures, but they would wear 
like breastplates and headdresses and uh, things on their legs and arms, all of gold. Oh, and wow. then <clears throat> they have they have an, a beautiful miniature raft. It's so detailed that what it represents is what they did was they would they would uh, when a new chieftain would take over, the prince mm-hmm. would become king, so to speak, or queen. Uh, they would deck him in all in gold and put him on a raft and go out to the middle of this sacred lake, and then he would like jump into the lake and shed his gold in, into the lake, and that's wow. what um, caused the uh, the story, the legend of El Dorado. So when the Spaniards mm-hmm. came, they they were all looking for these cities paved in gold. So there never really were really cities paved in gold, but the workmanship it's it's. Uh, it's just exquisite. So that would be a highlight of anybody who goes to Bogota. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And honestly, you know, as I look at your earrings and I'm thinking about anything I've pulled away from uh, a, a trip, anything that I pick up, a little trinket or something, it's that story. And I imagine every time you put those earrings on, you're going to be thinking about the story of El Dorado and that beautiful gold and that beautiful museum. It's it's really, really cool. Now, um, any other places? Any other highlights? What about for you, Jim? Oh, um, I mean, definitely the the Valle de Cocora, the Cocora Valley, was one mm-hmm. of the highlights. Um, I wound up doing about a seven-hour hike oh. through this valley, um, crossing a river multiple times. There were um, incredible diversity of hummingbirds um, in the area, gorgeous flowers, the um, colors I'd never seen before. Um, and of course, this is in in the coffee country, so there are also coffee tours that one can do. Mm. Um, and I was able to get out and um, and experience that. Visited one of the the coffee farms, um, and you know to see the beans growing, pick the beans off the leaves. You know, um, that was uh, I'd never done that before. I'm just thinking about that cool air, all those plants, beautiful, um, the hummingbirds. I love hummingbirds. Yeah. Really, really cool to see that. Ah, oh, you're putting me there right now. Oh, that sounds beautiful. And um, Liz, anything else? Well, yes, I got outside of Bogota as well. I went to the town of San Agustin, which is in the south of the country. Mm-hmm. And it is famous for uh, an archaeological site, well, a series of ar- archaeological sites, basically uh, tombs. And they, um, some of these, they, they would carve these amazing out of stone uh, figures. And this was from about zero to 900 AD, where they would uh, carve these these amazing stone figures about, well, most of them are like maybe, I don't know, four to, four to five feet tall, or some, are, some are very tall, but they guard the tombs of the elite in those <sighs> days. And there are, there's one archaeological park where there are like 500 of them. And, and one thing we haven't mentioned is the whole um, magical realism of mm-hmm. uh, Colombia, uh, the famous writer uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, of course, comes from Colombia, and they captured some of that in the film Encanto. But um, some of these figures, it's like uh, they they represent shamans who might take on the uh, the qualities of a jaguar, say, mm-hmm. and so he's carved his face is carved kind of like a jaguar, um, or, or the the qualities of a monkey who's supposed to represent wow. agility and so forth, and and they they it's kind of a uh, so much symbolism and mm-hmm. uh, dealing with sort of the spiritual world and and uh, and you're the iman- and the world of the imagination, so inspiring. But the most fun was really actually, <laughs> we always say, I, Paul and I, we always used to say, 
spend less time in museums and more time in sidewalk cafes. It's almost the most fun was just hanging out with a group of seven of us who mm-hmm. went on this trip after the convention. And um, we spent some time just in the town of San Augustine, which is charming. And again, it's like a hill town with a central plaza. All these towns have the old the mm-hmm. central plazas the, that, the, that the Spaniards established. And then we would, our guide happened to have a coffee shop. And ah. his, his um, sister and um, niece worked in the coffee shop. You go into this coffee shop, BC Cafe it is in San Augustine, and there's a smell of r- freshly roasting coffee just fills mm. the air. And, uh, I love that smell. Yeah, so we would, we would do some ah. shopping and hanging out in the cafe. That was almost my favorite part. Well, I love to people watch, and I just um, really enjoy. I enjoy sitting and having a coffee, and watching the people. What's it like in that? You know, the middle of town, that center area. What's the? You know, what are the people like? Do you see kind of what you would envision in the movie? Well, in San Augustine, uh, through the streets, everybody's on motorbikes. That's the way they get around in San Augustine. So, um, so you have to watch. But, but it's like the main mode of transportation. And then in the central square. They go there, especially like maybe in the late afternoon, and mm-hmm. just kind of hang out and walk, and, and or they they'll uh, get a coffee or sit in the coffee shop. It's a it's a. They take time to sort of enjoy life, don't you think, Jim? Absolutely, yeah. There's a there's a joie de vivre, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yes. Definitely um, saw a lot of people hanging out in coffee shops, um, a lot of outdoor dining. Um, um, you know, people spend a lot of time, I think, outdoors enjoying the, the incredible weather. Well, I hear the coffee is amazing. Was it? Did you have the coffee? It was, am- and I'm not a coffee drinker, <laughs> but I mean, you can't avoid it in Colombia. But it was wonderful. And like in this in this uh, ca- coffee shop in uh, San Augustine, it was like so smooth. And then and then you could do different coffee tastings. Like he'd make a different coffee from a different coffee bean in a different way and it had a whole other like almost herbaceous flavor and the Ooh. different and you um, know this probably from the going the, to the coffee plantation um, but the different flavors at different levels and the, the hills are covered with you know up and down the hills are coffee farms and different depending on the level that you are oh. the coffee tastes different right the coffee bean is different flavored differently yeah and the quality varies of course but they're um, i mean the, the 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 folks i was with were incredibly proud of the quality of the coffee they were they were making and you know the the coffee did um you know there was there were there were milder coffees darker roasts depending on how long they roasted mm-hmm. we actually watched them roast the beans oh that's um, which so was cool really interesting yeah and there's a real science to it i mean they had charts and graphs they were showing us um, but yeah, they, a lot of Colombians drink their coffee black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called drinking it tinto, and um, um, so I had a variety of, of um, um, roasts uh, black, which um, some of some of which were very intense, <laughs> very flavorful. Is uh, that the, usual for you having a black coffee? Well, no, I, I tend to drink my coffee with a little bit of uh, cream, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, it's different drinking it black, of course. Right. And um, I think in general, I prefer, be, probably because I'm adding cream, I prefer like a darker roast, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, um, so I can really taste it through the, the cream. 
but um, but I was in, I was enjoying drinking um, just the wide variety um, black, and of course they're, they're often served with like little sweet biscuits, oh, yes. um, which was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and speaking of the food, you mentioned in your uh, mm-hmm. introduction the arepas, which are like they kind of look like uh, grilled English muffins, but they're made mm-hmm. of corn, and they serve them in the morning, and they're just delicious. And then there's a wonderful um, the the kind of the local dish in Bogota is a is a hearty soup. I think it's called ayaka. Ahiaco. One more time. It, he says it better. Go ahead. Ahiaco. Oh, right. there you go. And it's uh it's chicken and it's got corn in it and it's kinda of, it's potatoes. Potato yeah and yeah. then yeah. Sometimes capers, I think. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, they really? serve yeah. it with uh, with things you can add to it like capers and cream. You add a little cream yeah. and they serve it with an avocado and rice. You can put rice in it or eat the rice separately. And they love avocado and the fruits, um, so good. They, they all soup. kinds of fruits I'd never heard of. So delicious, and all these different drinks they make from them. And most of them are non-alcoholic. It's like they make these amazing cocktails with these. So AAA would definitely approve. <laughs> you know, you can <laughs> definitely drink these fruit cocktails uh, and drive because <laughs> they're, they're but just delicious. All different varieties of flavor. Yeah, I mean, one of the the things we talked about with Colombia, the biodiversity, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the Amazon runs through Colombia, mm-hmm. and so you know, the, just the incredible array of fruit that's grown at various altitudes and various climate zones, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned the altitude. I know it's pretty high up. Uh, did it affect either of you? I was a little headachey the first day, but after that, uh, it just you took me did. about yeah. And they just say to drink plenty of water and eat carbohydrates. I was hungry all the time. <laughs> but I guess that was my body telling me I needed to eat. But unfortunately, the food was very good. Well, and, and that's okay. Any reason to fill up on those arepas? Huh? That's right. <laughs> they will also serve you uh, coca tea if oh. you uh, if you are suffering from altitude sickness. I, w- I felt fine in Bogota. Uh, when I was in Cusco in Peru a mm-hmm. few years ago, I really felt the altitude. Had headaches for uh, a day and a half for two days. Wow. Um, drank a lot of coca tea, which I think helped. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, I did. I did meet several of the other writers there who were suffering a little bit from altitude sickness the first couple of days. So it's mm-hmm. it's good to arrive and take it easy. You know, well, I think one of them uh, thought that he had imbibed a little bit too much shortly after arriving. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. to be avoided, I think. Yeah. Stick to the fruit juices. <laughs> Stick to the fruit juices and the water. Exactly. Drink any of exactly. That. Well, you know, that's important to know, especially for those who haven't traveled at a high altitude like that. And if you are planning a really full agenda. Um, to just be aware that you could suffer from that. And that the cure is the coca tea. <laughs> and the coca tea, yeah. A <laughs> couple of things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to uh, leave uh, discussing Colombia without talking about a couple of things. Um, the, the, the cutest dogs. I mean, I met in San Agustin. They had these. The dogs are so gentle and so friendly and so sweet. Uh, there were three dogs at the hotel we stayed in in, mm-hmm. in in uh, San Augustine, and they would just come up and they would beg to be petted, and oh. and and then there was one dog that we met in a place called the Salt Cathedral. Do you want to talk about that, Jim? Do you remember? The Salt Cathedral. I mean, the Salt Cathedral was incredible. I don't know that I. You re- did you not meet the dog? Well, I, I met the. I saw the dog sleeping <laughs> among all of all the people dining in the. Well, first tell about the Salt Cathedral. Well, the, uh, the Salt Cathedral is um, is this incredible. It was first of all they developed a salt mine um, mm-hmm. outside of Bogota, about an hour and a half drive from downtown Bogota, um, and um, I think it originally they used explosives to kind of um, 
uh, create the, the the kind of the cavernous rooms where they were where they were mining the salt. And then at some point, they they decided to build this cathedral underground mm-hmm. within the salt mine. Um, and so, and you you're you're walking through what feels like a mile of underground tunnels and with with sort of large rooms mm-hmm. um all all surrounded by salt it's it's, wow. it's an incredible sight because salt but well, they traded the salt for gold salt was okay. as precious as gold back in the back in the day when they, uh, uh, but then uh but then these this salt mine um they they it's an actual practicing catholic Cathedral. They have mass there on Sundays, and they also have weddings there. And you walk to, and they have all the stations of That's the incredible. cross uh, carved with with big different different iterations of the cross, and it's absolutely gorgeous and spectacular. And it's like a whole city. They also have. Uh, stores and cafes yes (laughs) all underground i'm just envisioning this it's like you go you know you go underground and then it just opens up on like a city yep yep these big caverns caverns and all all crusted in salt and then city under and there was there was a dog a very pretty dog um lying on the floor jim was blown away by the by the side of the cathedral yes and and but the story about this dog is uh, he's a stray, and, and he lives there. He lives ab- above ground some of the time, but then he hangs out in the Salt Cathedral, and they feed him, and they t- her, mm. it's a girl, take care of her. But that's, I mean, sounds that's just... Like that's, she's not a stray. It sounds she, like she belongs to the city. Th- that's very well said, <laughs> Mary. Absolutely. She's cared for by the people. And I think that is indicative of, of the Colombian people. It sounds that way. So these other dogs you met as well, are they owned by the people? Oh, yeah. They were owned by the hotel, <laughs> but they were just so sweet and so cute. And yeah, I just I couldn't couldn't not mention the dogs. I love it. I'm an animal lover, too. I have a dog of my own, so I can... <laughs> you can identify. I would probably notice, notice <laughs> the dogs. Well, that's amazing. Now, I, you saw a lot of beautiful things, um, and you know, especially the coffee farms and being at the high elevation, seeing all of that greenery or the flowers. Was there a most beautiful place that you saw you haven't told us about? Well, I think I would have to describe. Well, up in San Augustine, uh, first of all, that yes, these high, high mountains all covered in green, and the the checkerboard patterns of the coffee farm, and then there's also sugarcane and banana leaf and all. And then w- the second day we were there, we saw a waterfall <laughs> that wasn't there the first day <laughs> because the rain had come. Oh. And then also the hotel where we stayed in San Augustine, it's called the Yuma. And it's a collection of different um, buildings uh, around the several acres. And my view from my room is this gorgeous, again, green landscape. And there's a horse in the distance, which of course I always love. And then uh, egrets, white egrets oh, around wow. him. And then over here, as part of the grounds, they have hammocks, which after the convention was especially appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it. And, and when you're soaking in a view like that, it sounds amazing. Uh, Jim, for you, did I did you already capture it for us? Uh, pr- probably thing? the Cocorda Valley. But mm-hmm. um, 
I guess I'll I'll put in a plug for what what many in Bogota consider to be like the central park of the city. Mm. I think it's a Parque Simon Bolivar, Simon um, Boulevard Park, um, and it's a sprawling park with lakes. Um, bike trails. We, yeah, um, yeah I, I took a sort of a different bike tour one day, and we rode um, through the park quite a bit. There was a there was a whole pond devoted to um, just just actually for dogs. It was like the dog pond, and they were like ah. swimming and bathing in there. Um, and um, at some points, uh, riding the bike off road, we felt like we were in the woods. Um, and this is all in the middle of Bogota. So, yeah. you know, I think from even the biggest, the big capital city to, you know, the beautiful countryside, um, there's a lot of beauty to be seen there. What an amazing experience. Ah, oh, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong business and I need to be in the travel writing business. <laughs> but that sounds amazing. What a beautiful trip. And it sounds like you captured a lot of memories for sure. Did you capture many pictures? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I still haven't finished going through them. Oh, very nice. I'd like to see some of those. Now, um, before we wrap up, as I always do, I love to hear one bit of advice. Um, if you could both share, what's the one thing um, that you would say is the most important um, for people to know about visiting Colombia? The warmth of the people. Mm. You, will feel, you will feel that warm embrace, I think, from the minute you get off the plane. Oh, very nice. Stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> and, and avoid that altitude sickness. Exactly. Stay hydrated. Don't imbibe too much when you get there. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it's going to put you down and uh, steal, steal any of that time that you have on the trip. Well, so amazing. Jim Benning with AAA and Ace Publications, thank you so much for being with us. And Elizabeth Harriman-Lasley, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you for, thank you for having us. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. If you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. Check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. I'm Mary Herondine. Thank you for traveling with AAA.